Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. Thank you for joining us in celebrating Jesus today. Those who are attending the service in person and those who are online, welcome to this celebration service. This is the day that the Lord has made and therefore we rejoice. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise, ladies and gentlemen. And I really believe that God wants to say something to us that is important. He wants to speak to us for our own good as individuals, as families, as organizations, as communities, as a nation and nations. So let's pray. Father, you are in our midst. And so right now we ask you, speak to us through your word. We welcome you in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. It's now... Two, three weeks since we began talking about a new culture that we need to adopt, that we need to embrace, that we need to live out, that we need to live by. And what is that new culture we are talking about? It is the culture that is based on the Word of God, a culture that is based on the truth of God. A culture that is the culture of God's kingdom, values, and principles of living that the Word of God teaches us. You see, God tells us in His Word that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Another version of the Bible says, Godliness makes a nation great, but sin is a disgrace to any people. You see, when we embrace God's ways of living, when we adopt God's standards of living, when we embrace godly behavior, God will bless us as individuals, as families, as organizations, as communities, and as a nation, and as nations. God's will for us, ladies and gentlemen, is to bless us. God wants us as a nation of Uganda, as a nation of South Sudan, and any other nation. God's will, God's purpose for us is to thrive. He wants us to be thriving people, prosperous people. That's God's desire for us. However, sin, wickedness brings us down. It brings shame on people. It brings shame on a nation. Oh, on you as an individual or, or as a family or even as a, an organization or as, a, or as a community, sin brings shame on us. And so last week we talked about embracing sexual purity because sexual purity is righteousness before God. Sexual immorality, on the other hand, is sin. It is wickedness. So righteousness exalts a nation. Godliness makes a nation great, makes people great, makes people thrive. But ungodliness, such as sexual immorality, brings us down. It leads us where we, we are not meant to be. And so today, I want to talk about 
respecting the law. Everybody say, respecting the law. Respect for the law. Say it because you mean it, respect for the law. Why do we want to talk about respect for the law? Well, it's because there's lawlessness all around us. Lawlessness has become rooted in our society today, in our Ugandan society and in other nations as well. And lawlessness simply means this. Behavior that is contrary to what the law says. Lawlessness means acting without regard for the law. Lawlessness means everybody does whatever they think is right. Anytime, anywhere, with whoever they want. That's not how God wants us to live, ladies and gentlemen. God doesn't want us to be lawless people. When we become lawless... God will not bless us. When we become lawless, we will not experience God's blessings that he has for us in store. When you become a lawless person, when you become a lawless family, when you become a lawless community, when you become a lawless organization, when, you, when we become a lawless nation, we will not experience God's blessings. Oh, friends, we need to become law-abiding people. We need to become people who respect the law. So here in Uganda, we don't need a consultant to tell us there's lawlessness in Uganda. <laughs> we don't need to go to school to know there's lawlessness in Uganda. In fact, we don't need an angel to come from heaven in, in a vision to tell us, hey, there's lawlessness in Uganda. It is prevalent. For example, the way we drive on the roads here in Uganda, on the streets here in Kampala, it's lawless, friends. We are lunatics on the roads. We are mad people. We, we are insane. We behave like animals on the roads. We drive on the pavement that is meant for pedestrians. We drive through the traffic lights when they are red. We cut in on each other. There is road rage on the roads. People stop in the middle of the roads. I'm telling you, taxi drivers and other people. There is lawlessness on our roads and it is stressful. Some of you have high, high blood pressure as a result of everyday driving through the traffic jams of Kampala. Yes, your blood pressure has risen. It is chaotic. And talk about the border border riders, and, and those are the riders of the public service motorbikes. They have taken over the roads, the streets of Kampala. I mean, they are in charge, and, and nobody cares. Nobody stops them. They do whatever they want. People drive on the wrong sides of the road. That is lawlessness, ladies and gentlemen. It will never take us where God wants us to go. Um, a few years ago, maybe three years ago, I traveled with a guest, somebody who had come, you know, um, to us as Watoto Church, one of our partners. I, I traveled with him to South Sudan, and it was chaotic. I mean, we were, I think we, we were stopped four times before reaching the airport by the police. 
and you know, they made up a story that we had broken the law. Yet we had not broken the law. That guest flew out of South Sudan when he was so stressed. He was shocked. He was stressed. Talk about land grabbing here in Uganda. The powerful grab land from the powerless. People and, and squatters. You give somebody your land to, to, to squat on, to live on temporarily. They take ownership of it. Talk about building on road reserves in the middle of the roads. Talk about building on wetlands. Wetlands are actually pollution filtering systems to clean the environment. But people can build anything on wetlands. People can build anything in this city. They, they put up buildings without approval, without approval from authorities. And they get away with it. When you go to the courts of law, you're seeking justice, you don't get it. There is lawlessness all around us, violence. I mean, people are being killed almost every day. Oh my God, that's not how God wants us to live. It is unhealthy. It doesn't glorify him. It doesn't benefit us. By the way, lawlessness is not only here in Uganda. It's not only here in Africa. It is everywhere in the world. For example, in the U.S., a recent survey, just this year, a survey was carried out on crime, the rate of crime in the U.S., and that, that survey shows that violent crime is on the rise. Robberies, aggravated attacks on people, and lootings are on the rise. As a matter of fact, I mean, you hear from time to time stories of gunmen, Storming shopping malls, supermarkets, places of worship, churches, or schools, and mercilessly killing people. That is lawlessness. Those are heart-rending stories. In England in 2011, the young people went on rampage and vandalized over 2,000 shops and businesses because a 29-year-old man was killed by the police. It did not warrant rioting. And here in Uganda, there is what, what they call the um, mob justice. People take the law into their own hands. You know, God wants us to be law-abiding people. He is the lawgiver. He gave the children of Israel laws when they came out of Egypt. And we read those laws in, uh, in Exodus chapter 20. But before I read that scripture, I want you friends to realize that the root of lawlessness is in the heart. Lawlessness stems from the problem of the human heart. And what is the problem of the human heart? It is sin. Lawlessness is rooted in rebellion against God. And when people rebel against God, they rebel against human authority. They rebel against their parents. They re rebel against school authorities, against their leaders in the organizations, against community leaders. That's what happens. And Jeremiah actually talks about it. In chapter 17, verse 9, 
The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? God knows how bad our hearts are. Now, because we are sinful people, we are wicked people, this is a sinful world we live in. We need the laws. We need the laws to protect us. Without the laws, we'll behave like animals. We will eat each other. <laughs> so God gave the Israelites the laws when they came out of Egypt, where they had been for over 400, 400 years, and they were slaves, they were under oppression. In fact, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, Egypt was in them. And so God wanted to deal with the pagan culture that they had come out with in their lives. So he gave them these laws, the Ten Commandments, but also other laws. Exodus chapter 20 from verse 1 to 17. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord, will not hold anyone, the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall live and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Neither you nor your son or daughter nor your male or female, female servant nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your, in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not, shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant or, or his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, God loved his people so much that he gave them the laws. Why? Because he wanted to show them how to relate to him. He wanted to show them how to relate to each other. He wanted them to, wanted them to be organized. He wanted them to be orderly. Wow. He had plans for them. He had a future for them. He had a destiny for them. The promised land of Canaan. So, you know, when we obey God's laws, we bring him glory. We please him. We honor him. And you know what, what will happen? That will position us to experience God's blessings as individuals, as families, as organizations, oh, as communities, and as nations, as the nation of Uganda and any nation. Listen, the first five commandments are about 
how the Israelites were to relate to God and the last five were about how they were to relate to each other, how they were to behave before God and how they were to behave toward each other. Let me tell you, when we love God, we will do what is right in His sight. When we love people, we will do what is good to people. We will care for people. We will serve people. My friend, we will treat people with respect and dignity. So we need to be law-abiding people. We need to have respect for the law. And I challenge the church of Jesus Christ. You who call yourself a follower of Jesus in this nation and in any nation, lead, be a leader in exemplifying respect for the law. So how then do we make respect for the law, our way of life, our culture? How? That's a good question. And I'm going to end with that question. How? How should we embrace the culture of respecting the law, respect for the law? Number one, are you still with me, friends? Yeah. This is good because it comes from God. Practice the golden, golden rule. Practice the golden rule. What is that golden rule? Jesus talks about it in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up, sums up the law and the prophets. So at the time Jesus was speaking, say this, the Jews had only the Old Testament. And so he says, when you do to others what you'd have them do to you, then that sums up. That's a summary of what the Old Testament says, teaches. Friends, <laughs> look, look at me, everybody. Please look up. Look up, everybody. So none of us wants to be mistreated. None of us wants to experience injustice. None of us wants to be, to be oppressed. None of us wants somebody to, to be violent towards us. None of us wants somebody to rob from us what belongs to us, to steal from us. None of us wants to be cheated. Every one of us wants to have the right of way. Everyone wants, every one of us wants to be served. Hey, but Jesus says, you know what? What you want other people to do to you, you do it to them. What a difference. Come and give the Lord a hand up of praise. What a difference that makes in our society. Kampala will be different. So don't litter garbage because you're sharing that neighborhood with other people. Don't. Don't make Kampala messy. Make Kampala a beautiful city to live in. Come on now. Practice the golden rule. And it's the royal law. Oh, it's from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And secondly, leaders. Respect the law. Leaders in government. Cabinet ministers. Hey, members of parliament. Judicial officers. Security officers. Those who, leaders in the civil service. And business leaders, hey, parents, community leaders, let's lead by example, by respecting the law. None of us, 
None of you, you leaders should never be seen to be acting above the law. Be the embodiment of the law. Hey! This is what Paul says in Romans chapter 13 from verse 1 to 5. Let everyone, everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. For the one in authority is God's servant for your God. My God. Hey, you, God has placed you in, in that office, in that, in that organization. My God. Oh, lead by example, by respecting the Lord. Don't drive on the pavement. Don't drive in the middle, in, on the wrong side of the, of the road. Don't drive. Through the red lights at the traffic lights junction. Don't steal. <laughs> Give justice to those who deserve justice. Come on now. Do not be a lawbreaker. Be a law upholder. And may I also say this. You have the privilege of making laws for this country or for South Sudan or for any other country. Make God honoring laws. Make laws that give glory to God and bless people. Don't make laws to protect your interests, to protect your office, your power. Oh my God, don't make laws just for you. Make laws for the people you serve now and for generations to come. Let me read this scripture, then I will share the last thing. Paul speaking to a church leader, Titus. In Titus chapter 2, verse 7, he said, In all things, you yourself must be an example of good behavior. Woo! Be sincere and serious in your teaching. In other words, don't tell people to do what you yourself are not doing. Then you are a hypocrite. You are a liar. God hates liars. God will not bless liars, cheats, dishonest people. So, let's practice the golden rule. Let's if you're a leader, respect the law. But finally, let's return to God, the lawgiver. <laughs> Can I say something, friends, right now? You know, in our own strength, we cannot. And we will never be law-abiding people in its true sense. We need God to do something in our hearts. Remember, lawlessness stems from the problem of the human heart, sin. And who has the solution to the problem of sin? It's only God. Let me tell you, when God takes charge of your life, your behavior also changes. Your thinking changes. The way you act changes. And so God told the, uh, the children of Israel when they were exiled through his prophet Ezekiel, that I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your, your heart of stone, a hard heart, a stubborn heart, and give you a heart of flesh, a remorseful heart. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. That's a promise from God. Let's be God-fearing people. Let's return to God in repentance because of our lawlessness that doesn't please God, that doesn't honor God. 
You know, lawlessness has consequences, economic consequences. Lawlessness results in the loss of lives. I mean, it, it, it's just terrible. The impact of lawlessness here in Uganda alone, it is terrible. It is said that every day there are between 10 and 11 lives lost in motor accidents due to reckless driving. And in 2017, there's a world report that came out and it's indicated that Uganda, due to lawlessness, loses 2.8 trillion Uganda shillings. That is over 700 billion U.S. dollars. So God doesn't want us to be people who experience that. He wants us to be prosperous people. That's why we need to return to God. Because righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach. It disgraces any people. Listen, God wants to be the God of Uganda. Because blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. God wants to be the God of South Sudan and any nation. Our God should not be money, should not be pleasure, should not be power, should not be fame, should not be material possessions. Our God should be the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. And when we do that, the Lord will bless us as a nation. But may I also say this to you as an individual. Hey, when you make the Lord God, who created you, your God. God's plan for your life will unfold. God will unfold his purposes for your life. You'll be a blessed person. You'll be a blessed family. You'll be a blessed community. God wants to bless the work of your hands. Everyone here and even those online. God wants to bless the work of your hands. So return to God. Make him the Lord of your life. Make him the king. Make him the savior of your life. Let him be the one in charge of this nation. Can we give the Lord a hand clap for praise? Come on, everybody. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watertochurch.com. Hey!